Good morning. Welcome to the Church of the Palms. My name is Joe Ross, and I serve as an elder in our congregation. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. As we prepare for worship, let us bow our heads in prayer. Merciful God, as we enter Holy Week and gather at your house of prayer, Turn our hearts again to Jerusalem, to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that united with Christ and all the faithful, we may one day enter in triumph the city not made by human hands, the new Jerusalem, eternal in the heavens, where with you and the Holy Spirit, Christ lives in glory forever. Amen. Now, as we worship together on this Palm Sunday, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God. Savior, he can move the mountains. My 
Will you please stand for the call to worship? Lift up your heads, O mighty gates, and be lifted up, O you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. And who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts is the King of glory, mounted on a donkey and coming into the city. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Let us worship God. Like the people who greeted Jesus as he entered Jerusalem and later pronounced crucify him, we are fickle people who often deny Christ in our thoughts, words, and deeds. Remembering the events of Jesus last week helps us see ourselves for what we are, sinners in need of a savior. Praise God we have in Christ. In honesty and hope, 
We confess now our sins to God. Let us pray. God, whose fullness is far beyond our tiny glimmers of understanding, we bring to you our pretensions, our doubts, our fears. We have lived as if we were the center of all things. We have doubted any reality beyond what we can see. We have cringed in fear before the forces that deny you. We find it easier to betray Christ than to witness to the power of love. We are quick to take up the sword rather than risk a reconciling word. Our actions condemn us. We can only look to you to save us from ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Where and when we fail, God is there to make all things new. Where and when we reach out with trembling hands and shaky hearts, God holds us close and forgives us all things. Go in the knowledge that you are forgiven and cherished. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. now boldly state what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let us all greet our neighbors in the love of Christ. Good morning. Good morning. 
Happy Palm Sunday to you all. We're so glad that you're with us this morning on this great day, beautiful day that the good Lord has provided us to come into the city with Jesus and to worship him and to make our way with him to the cross and to the empty tomb. We hope that you will find this to be a place of welcome, especially if you're visiting with us today. We're glad that you found a parking space and we're glad you found a place in the pew. That's a good thing. It's also Girl Scout Sunday today. Maybe you saw some Girl Scout uniforms coming in. Let's give them a round of applause. Okay, anybody who ever was a Girl Scout, stand up. Come on. Come on, look at all those Girl Scouts there. Give them a round of applause, yes. It's Scouts honor? Okay. So, uh, be kind to a Girl Scout today, either one that's sitting right next to you or someone who's in uniform on the way out. Tell them we're grateful for their presence in our midst. We hope that you will also take note of all the many ways by which you can be a part of our life here, especially as we make our way through Holy Week. Uh, yesterday kind of got an early start to that. We had our Easter egg hunt, and the campus was crawling with Easter egg searchers. And uh, it was a great day. We really had a wonderful time, and we we're grateful for all the leadership of our children's ministry to allow for that great, uh, that great time. So we uh, invite you to uh, journey with us beginning tonight as we head into Holy Week. Our box series uh, concludes this evening, and uh, those of you who have been a part of it, uh, the growing number that have been a part of it, were, uh, I'm sure will agree with me, it's been quite a journey for us to be uh, recipients of such beautiful music and we're grateful that we'll have one more opportunity to do that tonight so come 6 30 here will be an orchestra and some wonderful pieces of Bach that will be played so you won't want to miss that we will have our Monday Thursday service uh, this coming Thursday evening at 6 30 here in the sanctuary come and join us for that as we come to the Lord's table on Good Friday, we'll be back here again at 6.30 uh, for our uh, time before the cross and our journey through the campus and then concluding over in the campus center. But we will begin here in the sanctuary at 6.30. And of course, on Easter, we have 316 services and you'll want to be a part of all those. Uh, we will begin again at 6.30, but in the morning, over on the beach at Lido Key, and you'll want to be a part of that. We usually have about a 1,000 or so, and uh, it is a great time. Bring warm clothes and a nice chair to sit in or perhaps a nice beach blanket, but we have a great time on the beach on Easter sunrise. And then we have our regular schedule, 9, 10, 11, here on our campus for Easter Sunday. You'll note the par parking diagram in your bulletin, and we encourage you, if you are able, to park as far away, perhaps in some off-campus parking that's identified on that map, uh, so that you can, we can make as much room possible for those, especially who are visiting with us, and certainly for those who are less able to walk. So we hope that you'll take note of that and um, join us in our mission to be as hospitable as possible, especially to our visitors. Easter flowers, we can still take signups for those of you who would like to have Easter flowers given in memory or in honor of someone. There are envelopes available for you in your pew. And in just two weeks, we will be back together again here in the sanctuary two Sundays from now on April the 23rd for our 60th anniversary uh, Sunday celebration. We'll be at 10 o'clock, one service, one service on the 23rd. Did you hear that? One service at 10 o'clock, did you hear that? 10 o'clock on the 23rd, we'll be together here. Dr. Bruce Porter, our senior pastor emeritus, will be preaching and we look forward to a great celebration uh, that day. And uh, we are delighted that work continues as well in our new Palm Center. And many of you have asked, are we losing our lake? And uh, we are not losing our lake. Actually, we're gonna be making it bigger, but to make it bigger, we have to kind of take the water out and make it bigger and then we put the water back in. So have no fear, the lake will be there at the end of it all. But continue your prayers as we uh, continue our journey of construction. And now we are delighted to invite Carol and our children to come forward for our children's moment. They are all huddled out there outside. Come on all down. Right, follow me, here we come. We are coming. There's a lot of us. <laughs> come on in. <laughs> Come on in, guys. 
have a seat up front or we can give the kids a special treat here and they're gonna try to figure out what to do with it. Have a seat there, Maddie. All right, so guys, who has one of these in their hand? Hold it up. What is it? Come on, look at all these kids. Is this great? Come on. We're waving our palms. Where's the donkey? Is the donkey in the house? <laughs> okay, have a seat right here. Have a seat. So if you've got a rock, I want you guys to put that rock up to your ear and listen really carefully. Okay? Can anybody, tell me if anybody can hear anything. You can? Wow, you must have a special one. We're going to talk about special rocks today. And I'm going to try because I'm losing my voice a little bit here. So today is Palm Sunday. And we remember when Jesus rode into, town, into the city of Jerusalem on a donkey. And all the people were excited and loud. And they put down their claws and they put down their coats and made a soft, colorful path for Jesus to ride in. They cut the palms down and they waved the palms. And they said, Behold, who comes in the name of the Lord, he comes in the name of the Lord. Well, also, there were some, some Pharisees there, and they were very proper and quite proud of who they were. And they, you know what they said to Jesus? They said, you know what? Take control of your crowd, your followers, Jesus. Tell them to stop yelling and cheering for you. You know what Jesus told them? He said, if, I, if the people keep quiet, then surely the rocks on the ground, the stones, will burst out and cheer for me. Wouldn't that be crazy? Did you guys hear anything from your rock? No, it was quiet. Imagine if your rock said, hey, hooray for Jesus. <laughs> That'd be kind of crazy, wouldn't it? Hooray for Jesus. Yes. Well, the people were loud, and they didn't keep quiet. <clears throat> Remember what Jesus said to the people. If the people keep quiet and they don't worship God, the, if they don't worship Jesus, the rocks will cry out. So, <clears throat> but the people didn't keep quiet, did they? What did the people say? Hosanna. Hosanna, hooray for Jesus. Hooray for Jesus, that's right. And I'm so glad that people today are still, today people are still worshiping God and praising the Lord Jesus when we come to Sunday school, when we tell our friends about Jesus, even we, we even sing songs about Jesus. So, the, so that the rocks, you know what? All the world is telling people about Jesus, so the rocks don't have to burst out in prayer. So let's pray about that. Dear God, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you that you sent Jesus to tell us how to love each other and that we can tell other people that he is the king and we can proclaim that loud and clear for all to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, come on. You can put your rock in here if you want. All right. Come on in. Thank you.
Most gracious and loving God, we thank you for the joy we feel this Palm Sunday as we join with the crowds of Jerusalem in praising Jesus. We thank you that with them we can say, blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. We pray for targeted terror and those who have died in the terrible gas attack. We be with those who are caught in war and want in oppression, especially we remember the Coptic Christians in Alexandria, Egypt. We pray for those who serve in times and places of danger, first responders, missionaries, and those in the military. Gracious God, we pray for those of Church of the Palms members who are grieving or are struggling with illness and rehabilitation. Be with them and give them your healing grace, we pray. Grant, O Lord, that the spiritual journey of this holy week may once again lead us into treasure and rely upon your grace given to us at such high cost through Jesus' sacrifice. Instruct us again to love one another and to love our neighbors. Open our ears to the story of Jesus' passion and crucifixion, we pray. We pray that you will continue to help us and bless us and be your good disciples for near and far. Now we bring our prayers to you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our daughters. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we celebrate Palm Sunday and Jesus as the king of our hearts and our lives, I would like to invite us to worship God generously in giving so that more may come to see him and accept him as their king.
God with hearts full of love, we offer you these gifts. Bless them, multiply them, and use them to further your kingdom here on earth. This is all for your glory. Amen. may be seated. Hear the word of God as it comes to us <clears throat> from the gospel according to Luke, the 19th chapter beginning at the 29th verse. When Jesus had come near Bethphage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples saying, go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them, and as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord needs it. And then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they, saw, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. And 
He was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives. The whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. And he answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. And as he came near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, if you, even you, had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Indeed, the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up ramparts around you and surround you and hem you in on every side, and they will crush you to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave within you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation from God. Then he entered the temple and began to drive out those who were selling things there. And he said, it is written, my house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of robbers. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O Lord, that we may hear again this wonderful story and wonder where we are in the crowd, wonder why we're even here today, and pray that by your spirit we may discover once again why this king has come. For we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> There are people in your life that you want for a relationship, and there are people in your life that you want for results. A while ago, I had the chance to go to Chicago and to meet up with a friend of mine, my best friend actually, for a small window of time at a conference that we were both attending. And we were to meet one evening after dinner to catch up before the conference started. So in order to get to Chicago, of course, I had to drive to the airport, drop off my car, get on a plane, rent a car once in Chicago, make my way to where we were going to meet. Now, when you travel, you are, of course, at the mercy of many, many, many people to execute effectively and efficiently their travel-related services. Now, getting to the airport and dropping off my car went fine, but once I got into the airport, things started going south. I was going north, but things were going south. There was a long line at the ID checkpoint that went slowly. There was a long line at the security gate that went slowly. But all oh, that's all right, as long as you get to the gate on time, which I did. But when I got to the gate, I learned that the plane was now going to be delayed. Now, when I'm standing in a very slow line or waiting amidst an unexpected delay, it is interesting how I relate to the people who are attempting to provide a service to me. I relate to them in respect to results. I am critical of them if I find that those results are less than adequate. I can even be less than polite if they are not performing for me the way I want them to. I don't really care to have a relationship with them. I want them for results. Thus, when I'm standing at the rental car counter, having arrived an hour and a half late into Chicago, and the customer service representative is having trouble getting her computer to work, it is not the first thing that comes to my mind to ask to see pictures of her children. <laughs> I am not interested in spending any more time with her than what is absolutely necessary to get the keys in my hand and the contract printed. In fact, I notice that I don't really even kind of look at her. I stare at her uncooperative computer as if that's really going to help. And then I realize that it's been that way probably for the last six hours. Everyone with whom I've had contact, I have spent very little time actually looking at them, looking at who they are. Instead, I have focused on what they have to exchange, the products and services, the tickets, the baggage, the coffee cup, the security monitor, but not the person. I want from them results not a relationship. 
Now, all of that, of course, changes when I come rushing an hour and three quarters late into the lobby to meet my friend. Now, my eyes are raised, my hand is out, my arms enfold him in a hug, and casually we go to get a place, go to a place to get a drink, and for the rest of the night, we talk into the wee hours, and there is little notice of our watches. We don't pay much attention to the decor of the room. We don't even mind that the service is slow. I don't think to ask him what he can do for me. I don't expect at the end of the night that he's going to hand me a product. I seek no result because it is all about the relationship. There are people in your life you need for a relationship. And there are people in your life you want for results. Some of you will leave here and make your way to brunch, perhaps, and when the waiter comes to take your order, maybe you will exchange a little polite back and forth as he introduces himself and takes your order. What a nice man, you might say to yourself. You might even ask, care enough to ask him, you know, what school does he go to or how long has he been working at the restaurant? But let's imagine that he gets your order wrong. Let's imagine that he forgets to get you your drinks. Let's imagine he screws up the bill. Let's imagine he spills coffee on your lap. Let's imagine he loses your credit card. It is perhaps at this point, as your blood pressure rises and you ask to seek the manager, that the nature of your relationship is exposed. You need him for results. You don't need him for a relationship. Now, on the other hand, let's imagine you've invited some friends over for dinner and they ask what they can bring and you say, oh, just yourselves. And they say, no, they insist. And so you say, well, bring an appetizer. So they come with their homemade bean dip. <laughs> and you sit down and you put your cracker in the bean dip and you put it in your mouth and you quickly discover that this is the worst bean dip you have ever put in your mouth. It is all you can do to swallow the first dab. Now, what you know is that this little get-together is not about the bean dip. It doesn't cross your mind to tell your guests that the bean dip was inadequate this evening. You do not send them home to get a different appetizer <laughs> because there is no desired result other than to have these folks simply with you. In fact, you might even eat a few more cracker full of bean dip so as to make sure you don't offend your guests. There are people in your life you desire for relationship. And there are people in your life you desire for results. I wonder if there isn't a little bit of this happening when Jesus comes to town. It's Palm Sunday and Jesus is coming to town. The humble king riding into the city of Jerusalem on, of all things, a donkey. Not a white charging stallion, as some would have expected a Messiah to be riding upon, but a donkey. And the people are happy. They're happy because they've heard about all the results that have been produced by Jesus through the Galilean and Judean countryside. Healings and demon casting and walking on water. Boy, this guy's got the goods. He may have even raised a dead man back to life in nearby Bethany. So they are in a good mood, this crowd. They are willing to look past the jackass and turn their attention to the miracle worker, the magic performer. Hosanna, they exclaim. That's the word they yell as Jesus walks by. Hosanna, which is Hebrew for save us now. That's what they want Jesus to do upon his entry to Jerusalem. Save us now. They're, they are happy that he's here, but they, they want results. And right away, Jesus delivers, cleans out the temple, chases away the money changers. My house is a house of prayer, not a house of results. And from there, it's stories about the kingdom of God and parables about the rich and the poor and conversations with the Pharisees and Passover feasting with his buddies. Oh, but you don't understand. The people say, this is not what we ordered. This is not what we expected. We were looking for results. God knows what they were looking for, liberation from Rome, get rich quick, magic cure-all potions, the power of positive thinking, lose 20 pounds in a week. God knows what they were looking for. But it's kind of been that way right from the very beginning. The confusion over the relationship between God's children and their creator. This confusion over the relationship 
or whether it is a relationship. Remember when Moses is leading the people through the wilderness and God has already spared them from the angel of death, part of the Red Sea, left Egypt in the rearview mirror, given them manna and quail in the desert, and then when Moses goes up the mountain to receive from God the life-giving law, the means by which God seeks to be in relationship with his people, the Exodus writer tells us when people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come, make gods for us. looking for results. Tricky business, this relationship of results, this transactional engagement, this quid pro quo deity makes for a pretty tenuous and fragile connection for you and me because you know, life doesn't always turn out the way we want it to turn out. You say your prayers, you do the right thing, play by the rules, you don't hurt anybody, and still, it doesn't always work out the way you ordered it. The plate before you is not what you wanted. And then your next door neighbor says you just have to pray harder and you'll get what you want. Or the preacher on TV says that all you have to do is believe hard enough and gold will fall from heaven. But it doesn't always work out that way. Maybe, maybe that's why Jesus is crying as he makes his way into the city. Luke says he, he wept over the city. Maybe Jesus is crying because Jesus sees what they want. Jesus sees that what they want is results. They, they want a quick fix. And that's not what Jesus has. What Jesus has is himself. What Jesus has is his life, his teaching, his love, his yearning to be in relationship. Oh, he says, you do not recognize the time of your visitation from God. His eyes filled with tears. And might that force us back to the beginning when back in December we sat here with our candles and we sang Silent Night, Holy Night, and what brought tears to our eyes was this visitation, this, this message from the angel that God was coming and that he was going to be with us and that he was going to save us from our sin. He, he was going to be with us. He was going to be with us. And he was going to save us from our sin. And somehow, back then, that was enough. It was enough for him to visit, to be present, to love us, and to save us from our sin. But even back then, it took the angels of Bethlehem shouting from the heavens to the shepherds and pointing to the manger in the barn and said, look, look, there he is, there, there he is, the visit of God, the presence of God, the mercy of God. Don't, don't walk too fast, they said to the shepherds because you'll miss it. Makes me think of the end of Thornton Wilder's great play, Our Town, a play about a small fictional American town, Grover's Corners, New Hampshire. It's a story about the goings and comings of a simple people in a simple town, when at first glance, which at first glance seems rather mundane and pedestrian and quaint. But it's at the end when Emily Webb, a young woman having grown up in the town and married her high school sweetheart and had her own child and then tragically dies as a young mother, that she's given the chance to revisit a day in the life of her life in Grover's Corners. And so she chooses her 12th birthday and she visits her 12th birthday and she gets to see the comings and goings of her mother and father and brother and neighbor and schoolmates. And at first she's so happy to see these people and their simple mundane passings. But then she painfully observes that no one seems to be paying attention to each other. No one's really noticing the moment. No one's really even looking at each other. It's all there, the beauty and wonder of life, but everyone seems to be rushing to and fro. Says Emily to the stage manager, I can't go on. It goes by so fast. We don't have time to look at one another. I didn't realize all that was going on and we never noticed. 
Jesus weeps over the city and says, you're missing it. You're missing the visit. And later he will say, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. It's going too fast for them. They don't notice. They just don't see. But of course, the good news is that the one who arrives in Bethlehem and walks the shores of Galilee and descends the Mount of Olives and rearranges the furniture in the temple and prays drops of blood in Gethsemane and mounts the cross of Calvary and walks free from the tomb is the one who chooses over and over and over again to be with us regardless as to whether we pay attention the one who will choose to forgive us over and over and over again because he knows that we don't know what we're doing. In this is love, writes the apostle, not that we love God, not that we paid much attention to God, not that we noticed God, but that God still loved us and sent his son. It makes me think of Sam. That's what I'll call him, Sam. Sam was one of the saints in one of my previous churches. And his dear wife of many, many years, I'll call her name Mary, fell victim to Alzheimer's. Little by little, Sam lost the love of his life to her own forgetful world until the point that she no longer knew who he was, many of you have lived this story. Sam kept her, as home, her at home for as long as he could, and she accompanied him on errands and attended meetings with him that he had to go to, and, and Sam would take her on drives to the countryside on Sunday afternoons. All this for someone who didn't know who he was. And the picture that will never leave my mind is this composite picture of the times when I would walk past our sanctuary and hear the organ playing. And more often than not, during that stretch of years, I knew it was Sam. Sam played the organ. And I'd peek through the door, back door of the sanctuary, and there Mary would be sitting in the choir loft, and there Sam would be playing the organ for no one other than her, his audience of one even though she did not know, could not know the love behind the keys. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his son riding on a donkey, tears in his eyes, all because we did not know could not know the love amidst the palms.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen.